0: This podcast series is part of the T-Level and T-Level Transition Programme provider support delivered by the Association of Colleges and funded by the Department for Education. The purpose of the podcasts is to support providers that are in the preparation stage of their T-Level and T-Level Transition Programme journey. In this series, we will hear from a range of current T-Level providers and explore their experience of how they successfully plan brand new T-Level and T-Level Transition Program curriculum with personal advice and guidance to support your planning. Each episode will have a specific focus that will provide information, support, and direction to help you in your T-Level and T-Level Transition Program journey. Hi, I'm Mark Hughes, and in this episode, we'll be hearing from two leading providers to explore what you should consider when designing and delivering effective and successful T-Level Transition Programs. Our guests for this episode are Guy Marshall, Curriculum Leader, Ashton Sixth Form College, and Robert End, Head of School at Cranford Community College. Thank you both for joining us today.
1: You're welcome, thanks.
0: Thank you. For the listeners, Guy, can you give a summary of your T-level transition programme journey and what is your current offer?
1: We currently only offer one programme, which is the education on early years route. We're actually about three quarters of the way through our first year of delivery.
0: Thank you, Guy. And Rob, where did you start your T-Level Transition Programme journey and what do you currently offer?
2: We were a Wave 1 provider of the T-Levels and of the T-Level Transition Programme. And one of the few schools who started off in Wave 1, we're a big secondary school in Hounslow. And we offer a transition programme on all of the four T-Level routes we now offer. We started in Wave 1 with Digital Production Design and Development and education in early years and this year we've added business management and administration and laboratory science to that offer.
0: You're both at different stages of the T-level transition program journey so it'd be great to start this episode by exploring what you consider to be important considerations when designing and planning T-level transition programs. So Guy you're in your first year of delivering T-level transition programs what do you consider the most important consideration when designing and planning to deliver these programmes?
1: The most important thing for me is we wanted to be able to bridge the gap between level two and level three. So, from a transition, um, T level transition programme through to the actual T levels, is it's a huge jump. Um, and we wanted to be able to bridge those academic skills and their, their self belief. Um, so, that is very much about quality rather than quantity. The amount of work that we do in comparison to previous years is actually less but they do it in a lot lot more detail it's a lot more rigorous
0: did you speak to your students at all about how can you bridge that gap did you ask them any questions to possibly find out what you can do within your t-level transition program to bridge that gap
1: Coincidentally, at the same time, our college was running a CPT session where staff were encouraged to do their own research tasks. So I decided to kill two birds with one stone, and that's what I did. So I interviewed a number of our progressors who were on Level 3 courses that had done a Level 2 course before and said, did you feel prepared? You know, Were there any shocks? Is there anything that we missed? And I was delighted with the responses because they actually came back with a lot of the things that I already had on the list. Um, So it was things like they wanted examined, tested elements, They wanted work to be in a lot more detail. Their old Level 2 course was lots and lots and lots of small tasks. They wanted them to be more reflective of Level 3, so much bigger tasks where they debate, discuss, analyse, critically evaluate. All those things that traditionally might not be there, evident in Level 2, but are essential for Level 3. So once again, bridging that gap. Um, So, yeah, I was impressed that the students were so aware of what they had needed about helped greatly.
0: It's clear that you then shaped your... T-level transition program around those responses of students on those level three courses and really pull that together to make sure that the design and structure suited those students to gain the, not only the qualifications, but the skills and knowledge to lead them onto a T-level program.
1: Absolutely, that's what it's all about. Making sure that we've got the skills, the knowledge, and that they're totally T-level ready. So their responses, in addition to what we we'd observed, you know, as professionals, totally um, underpinned our planning and the, the structure. So we've we've broken it down into different elements, and yeah, they're all based on the different assessment methods and teaching strategies that the students thought that they would benefit from.
0: Fantastic guy. Now, Rob, as you said, this is your third year at Cranford Community College of delivering T level transition programs. What have you learned about the most important considerations when designing and planning to deliver these programs?
2: Exactly, as Guy said, the aim of this program unambiguously is to enable students to access T levels. It was actually the T level transition program that was a big draw for us when we were looking at becoming a wave one provider because we're a a secondary school, 11 through to 19. And we don't offer any level two qualifications post 16. So the vast majority of our students were staying on into the sixth form. But we had a number of students who were leaving us and needed just that extra year, that extra bit of support in order to be able to access T levels. So that was a key part of our design of the program from the start is what do we need to do for these students given an extra year, to enable them to be level three ready. Because we're based near Heathrow Airport, we've got an area of high socioeconomic deprivation, but also high mobility. So we would have students who were coming in starting late, students who for whatever reason, whether pastoral or academic, were just not quite ready after GCSEs to make that jump. So looking at the kind of competencies they needed for the specialist t level but also the independent study skills the maths and english some of the behaviors whether it's workplace behaviors or attitudes to learning that they needed to go on and be successful because like i said you know there's a big jump between level two and level three and i think particularly in the amount of independence students need so we fed that into the design of the program from the start and i wouldn't say we got it right straight away i think we've had the benefit of having three years to work on it and refine it. And I think it's now become something that we're very proud of and is working across all four routes that we offer. Part of the way that we've streamlined the transition programme over the last three years and to make it viable in a school context is we have this centralised dual route and uh, now with four routes. So about 50% of what the cohort does is shared and is core to the T-level transition program cohort, and about 50% is specialist, depending on their route.
0: Now we understand that an important theme emerging from many early T-level transition program providers is the increased importance of initial assessment. Rob, how have you used effective initial assessment at the start of the T-level transition program to understand skills gaps and to measure distance traveled throughout the year?
2: In some ways, for us, this was an advantage when we started in that we're a secondary school. So in our first year, all but one student was internally recruited. So these are students who've been with us, you know, for up to five years already, and we know them particularly well. We're now at the point in year three where about 60% of our students have come from us internally, and the other 40% come externally. But the initial assessment, I think, starts right from when we're first interviewing the students with those conversations, finding out about them. And then from an academic point of view, we're looking really closely at their English and maths results. If they weren't with us, we're recalling GCSE papers in order to pass them to subject specialists to look carefully at what they need. On the specialist side, they're using the first month of the program, where we still have quite a lot of mobility to do quite a lot of different assessments and formative assessments, summative assessments, to work out where they are in terms of, for example, on the digital route, their coding skills, their backgrounds, and all of our T-level transition students are within our sixth form, so they're in tutor groups spread out with the rest of the sixth form. That's really important to us that they're part of the identity of the school, and so. Alongside the pastoral input from their tutors, we have their work readiness aspects of their programme, which provides another opportunity to sort of gauge where they might be in terms of their workplace behaviours and plan and respond accordingly.
0: Thank you, Rob. Now, Guy, I would imagine as a sixth form, you'll have a larger percentage of new students starting you. So, initial assessment wise, now, what's essential to help understand skills gaps and measure distance travel? You know, what do you do at the sixth form?
1: Yeah, you're right. We don't know any of the students other than we've interviewed them and things like that. But yeah, with regards to Rob, obviously a few years' experience, they're, they're pretty new to us. One of our induction tasks is a task called All About Me, where the learners do, it's almost a little autobiography, where they tell us all about themselves, their family, their career aspirations, any barriers that they've got to learning, if they've got any part-time work commitment, Being in my 16, 17, a lot of them wanted to get part-time jobs. This covers a whole range of, of things for us, not only the initial assessment, but it's also great for us. Diagnostically, it identifies every year students who may be dyslexic or got a barrier to learning, and then we can refer them to our inclusive learning team. But also it's an opportunity for those students to disclose something that they might want us to be aware of that they're not confident to articulate, but they're quite happy to put down so we've had them, for instance, telling us that their parents have recently split or or something like that and they're, they're worried about that. Um and it also is a handwritten task. So therefore it gives us a good range of assessment for literacy and just for quality, the vocabulary, the wording that they've used, things like that. It's a really, really good assessment method that's quite easy in Malone's obviously. Their specialists in themselves so yeah they're more, than, they're more than happy to do that with regards to the distance measured they do a, a little self-assessment where they rate themselves and we do that throughout the year so they rate themselves with a range of skills we do one in college where it's academic things what's my time management like what's my filing like things like that how many hours a week do i spend doing homework um, but we also do one because obviously on our program vocational placement is extremely important so they do a self-evaluation of those skills as well um, and then and they do that at a midterm point throughout the year, and then we'll do that at the end of the year so they can see the distance that they've they've travelled throughout that year.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you. So we've looked at the importance of effective initial assessment to help understand skills gaps and monitor distance travelled throughout the year. So let's now look at on-programme delivery approaches. Guy, what delivery approaches and assessment methods have been most successful at Ashton Sixth Form College in developing students' confidence and supporting progression and preparation for T-levels?
1: I think things that truly do replicate Level 3, the students want to know that they are going to be T-Level ready. So therefore, we have replicated a lot of the assessments that are in there. So one thing that we've missed this year on the cycle of continual improvement, I've decided that next year I'm going to write, in conjunction with some of our placement providers, a Level 2 Employer Set project. We also do, you know, they do little exams, our tests, they do practicals, they do A piece of coursework, but rather than, like I said before, emphasis on the number that they do, it's about the depth. So rather than doing a page, they are doing seven, eight pages and starting to look at secondary sources and referencing. So very much replicating what they're going to be going on to at level three. Part of our delivery is we run triple Ts. We've got two of those throughout the years. Triple T1 is a topic then test which is related to equality, diversity and rights. And Triple T 2 is a topic, then task, um, which is more of a practical element. Triple T 1, students research how our society is diverse, and that is followed up by an exam. Obviously, that's great for embedded numeracy. We've looked at census data and things like that. And then Triple T 2 is planning a nursery. So they've looked at Ofsted ratios, floor spaces, things like that, and that was a practical assessment. So they've made a net of a nursery, designed it, made a floor space and then made a 3D model and then gone one step further to budget resources for that the actual nursery.
0: Rob, at Cranford Community College, what delivery approaches and assessment methods have been most successful in developing students' confidence and supporting progression to T-levels?
2: Similar to Guy, it's a full mix of assessment approaches and a kind of blended approach to assessment. Because across our T-level transition program, we offer qualifications, but also elements of the the course which are non-qual. There are within those qualifications already a range of different assessments. So some of the things which I think have worked really well is we use a BTEC Level 2 media qualification for the whole cohort, which helps them build their digital skills, their project work. And within that, there are coursework briefs, which I think support them whichever specialism they're going to. Another quote which they will share is the HPQ, the Higher Project Qualification, which we've used to build academic literacy. It's taught by English teachers, and we use it as a academic literacy program predominantly, but actually also what it allows is really nice contextualization because we then facilitate, support them into an independent project based on their specific route. So some of them may be looking at evaluating and analyzing particular businesses. Some of them are looking at scientific developments if they're going on to do laboratory science. And we have some students who are collecting primary data in local primary schools, because they're really interested in, you know, how mobile phones impact year six's mental health, or for example, testing anxiety and SATS exams. So those qualifications have really helped. In the specialist side of the course, it depends very much on the particular route that they're following. Again, it's a mixture of assessment approaches, that's going to support them most for level three. And I really agree with Guy that what these students struggle with is testing and exams. So it's really important if we're going to support them, we don't back away from that. And we continue to use exams in order to help them practice and refine their skills. And those retaking GCSEs is particularly important. Because we're accepting students where they have a combined total of six in their GCSE results, Mostly they have a 4-2 across English and maths and a retaking one GCSE, but some of them may be retaking both. We use the HPQ where students are not doing the English retake GCSE. And so it provides that further literacy programme for them. And then if students get the GCSE in November, we feed them across into that group.
0: Thank you, Robert. Now, in the last question, you both touch upon the importance of contextualization of maths and English within a student's T-level transition programme. And it is a, a real important theme that's emerging from many early transition programme providers. And it is you know, the significance of maths and English and, and crucially, how providers have refined their approach to contextualization of these subjects. And it seems that in particular, where it's worked really well, there's been effective collaboration between employers, technical departments and maths and English specialists. So, Rob, how have you contextualised English and maths to make sure that students are effectively prepared for progression onto T-levels?
2: The first thing that's really important to note is the value of having specialist maths and English teachers involved in the programme. And via doing the GCSE retakes, we have that for all students. But I think I was just talking about the HPQ. And I think for English and literacy skills, that has been a really important element of our T-level transition program because it's naturally built for that contextualization. The area we've been working hard on is maths. And across the three years, we've tried a few different models of trying to involve maths more in the specialist aspects of the programme and I think perhaps the most important is probably in the digital where the IT and computing teachers delivering the full T level identified at the start that you know the maths element and the maths skills involved for students to be successful in the T level were absolutely key and so we have those same teachers who are delivering the T level delivering the T level transition programme. And we do that as much as we possibly can so that the people who understand the specialist content and are planning the specialist content are the people who are delivering the full T-level. And I think what they've started doing within the transition program is building in more coding and more maths to support coding. So all the calculations you would use in programming from binary conversions to more complex calculations is being done within the T-level transition program to give them that really fast start to the T-level. And I think one of the challenges for us was with the GCSE, those students who've maybe just got a four or scraped a four in GCSE maths, we can't afford to have them not doing maths for the T-level transition programme. They need to keep up those maths skills. So I think something we're still working on is building those more advanced maths skills into all elements of the course to help prepare them for the level three qualification.
0: Perfect. Guy, at Ashton Sixth Form College, how do you contextualise maths and English to make sure that students are effectively prepared for progression to T levels?
1: Initially, I think it's important to point out that when I was writing the curriculum for this course, I thought I was then going to have to go back and embed literacy and numeracy. And in actual fact, I was delighted that it was contextualised pretty much automatically. It was just a case of identifying and cross-referencing it. So, for instance, I think I referred to before our Triple T2, the learner's designed their own nurseries they looked at statistics ratios nets estimation they looked at budgeting there was a whole range of numeracy skills within that all the way through the year we've been doing a key term glossary where any new vocabulary that we come up with as a group, we try to work out what it means. Um, if they can't work it out, then we go to the dictionary or to Google to identify what that word is. And then each learner's got their own glossary in their file that they've built up throughout that year, which is then embedded in their coursework of their, their tests of their exams. Um, so throughout the year, that vocabulary is becoming quite extended. So there's a whole range of literacy and numeracy and digital, for that matter, that's embedded quite naturally within the.
0: Thank you, Guy. Do any of you involve employers in that process? Have you got any examples of where you've had an employer in?
1: Our students do placement every single week. So they're out in schools and nurseries, and obviously the amount of literacy and numeracy that they are developing whilst out in those vocational placements is, you know, second to none. It's it's technical, it's it's embedded totally. Anything from you, Rob, about employers?
2: We run a work readiness aspect of the programme within, for example, our new business management and administration program. They're doing a mini employer set project with a brief, which is set by someone we hope will become an industry partner. And we're using them to set the brief, but also to make sure that it has appropriate levels of numeracy and literacy within it. For example, like Guy said, I think the budget setting activities are fantastic and work really well for the T-level transition program (laughs) cohort.
0: As the industry placement is such an integral part of the T-Level programme, it's important that within the T-Level transition programmes, students have access to opportunities to develop relevant industry skills, work readiness and confidence. Guy, what approach do you use to support students develop work skills and confidence in preparation for transition to T-Levels?
1: vocational placement is totally embedded within our weekly routine once a week on a friday the student's going to do a full day in a placement i appreciate we're doing the education on early years route so it does lend itself to it we've got a whole range of good quality child care and education providers with my local community and we've fully celebrate and use those so in addition to that one day a week they also do occasional block weeks so again, gain a full range of the experience of that individual setting and we assess that throughout the year so the students assess how they feel and what skills they've got at the start of the year as does their placement supervisor and the assessor that goes out and we do that throughout the year so once again they can see how they've developed how they've become more confident how they've become more professional and that once again all about t-level readiness
0: Fantastic. Thank you, Guy. And Robert, at Cranford Community College, what approaches do you use to support students develop work skills and confidence in preparation for transition to D levels
2: Within the school context, we have a slightly different model and need to have that different model which works for all four of our different routes. So we're looking much more, like you said, the professional behaviours and a work readiness programme that runs Across the year, um, which will culminate, I hope, this year with a mini placement for the students. But within that, we're looking at workplace encounters, site visits, briefs from employers, getting some of our partners to come in and deliver to students, as well as running some of the sort of more traditional work readiness programs to do with CV writing, interview techniques. And when they get onto the T level, the industry partners will come in and interview every single student. So we work towards that. I think for the education in early years, they will have a block placement towards the end of the year, but we have to prioritize our industry placement for full T level students on the other routes. So it's about making sure that they get that exposure to the workplaces and exposure to the professional practices and behaviors to build, as Guy said, to have them ready for level three, because it is a big jump for lots of these students.
0: Thank you, Rob. Before we end this episode, it'd be great if you could both summarize what you believe is the most valuable stepping stone in supporting and preparing students for successful progression to T-level pathways. Rob? What have you found most valuable in supporting and preparing students for successful progression onto T-levels?
2: The most important thing for the T-level transition programme has been to retain the flexibility that we've been able to design specific progression by specialism, by technical route, to support positive progress for those students. We've been able to get our specialist staff who will deliver the full T-level to adapt and adopt a model within the framework which supports our students in particular to progress and whether that's you know increasing the levels of coding in the digital whether it's looking at you know practical science and health and safety from the t-level and drawing down from the t-level in the laboratory science having that flexibility has been really really important alongside building their academic literacy and their independent learning skills in advance of a Level 3 programme.
0: Fantastic. Guy, even though you're in your first year of delivering T-Level Transition programmes, what are you currently finding most valuable in supporting and preparing students for successful progression to T-Levels?
1: I would say stretching and challenging but making the learners aware that they're being stretched and challenged we want these students to have self-belief they may not have had a good experience of education up to now but we want them to have a real positive buzz when they're completing this t-level transition program and we want them to feel that they are improving and they're developing and they're getting new skills and they're learning new things so that they can celebrate that journey so they've got the confidence when they go on to the t-level to know that they are ready for it
0: Guy and Rob, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you both for your valuable input into this podcast episode. I'm sure that new providers that are in the process of planning and designing their T-Level Transition Program have learned much from your personal experience. So thank you for today. The T-Level Transition Program provides a high quality route into T-Levels for students who would benefit from the additional study time and preparation that it will give them before they start their T-Level. In this episode, we have explored some important themes that have emerged from early T-level transition program providers. It is clear when exploring these common themes in this podcast, both providers have embraced the freedom to tailor their programs to meet students' individual needs and the needs of their own setting. So what were the key considerations that Guy and Rob suggested that would not only support you in designing and delivering T-level transition programs, but ultimately will help young people to progress onto and succeed on a T-level? At the start of a T-level transition programme, consider different forms of initial assessment that can evaluate student skill gaps and be used to measure distance travelled throughout the year. This can be in the form of a simple initial assignment which students complete so you can review handwriting, literacy comprehension and potential support requirements. It's also a great way to understand student goals, ambitions and any external factors that may impact on their success and progression. To make sure that students are T-level ready, Emphasize the development of academic study skills, including the understanding of higher tier verbs and terminology plus the ability to revise and prepare for assessment. These are valuable skills to be developed and will support positive progression to T levels. Effective collaboration between employers, technical departments and English and maths specialists can help students across all T level transition programmes to make genuine connections and understand real practical uses for maths and English. If students are retaking GCSE Maths or English, contextual learning may also have a positive impact on successful achievement. Internal and or external opportunities should be embraced to support students gain essential industry skills, work readiness and confidence in preparation for progression onto relevant T-levels. Site visits, use of employer briefs, CV skill building sessions and exposure to employers will all support and prepare students' transition to T-levels. For further information and resources available to support you on your journey, please see relevant links in the episode notes.